Hello, everybody. How are you doing? My name is Hiram, and today we're going to deal with a topic of something that I believe a lot of us have dealt with. I know with even with my own self, I have dealt with this, and it's something that is very sensitive, and that is church hurt. So if you know someone that has been hurt in some form of way, or if you feel like you have been, this is a conversation that you want to make sure that you are a part of. So let's dive right in and have this conversation. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing with Anchor. I found that I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? My name is Hiram. And today we're going to deal with a topic of something that I believe a lot of us have dealt with. I know with even with my own self, I have dealt with this. And it's something that is very sensitive. And that is church hurt. So if you know someone that has been hurt in some form of way, or if you feel like you have been, this is a conversation that you want to make sure that you are a part of. So let's dive right in and have this conversation. Hello and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. My name is Hiram and on this platform, we highlight ways where men can be able to experience greatness in their everyday lives. And today is just like no other. We are going to continue on those same kinds of mindsets of being able to highlight some ways. So today I wanted to deal with something that I believe a lot of people deal with. And so today what I want to deal with is really the effects of what that does to 
individuals in general. And so this is going to be a conversation that we're going to have that's going to be across the board helpful. Um, so I brought somebody on, I brought my sister on that I believe can be able to touch and help in this conversation and help us to be able to not only identify the effects that this have on us, but how we can get the help and be able to heal um, through this conversation. So do me a favor, put your hands together and welcome my sister, Latasha Sherman. Hello, my sister. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. I'm so well, excited. Well, thank you. I'm glad to have you back as well. <laughs> Do me a favor for those that have never been able to um, have the pleasure of hearing your voice or seeing your face, knowing who you are. Please introduce yourself and then we'll dive into this deep conversation. Okay. Well, my <laughs> name is Latasha Sherman. I am a licensed professional counselor associate. I am in the mental health field. And um, I really enjoy merging mental health with our spirituality. I think a lot of times people think those two are mutually exclusive and they are not. So uh, that is how I kind of define myself as kind of bridging the gap between mental health awareness and our spirituality. Well, today we are going to tap into both of those. Um, so uh, so I brought you and we're going to have this again. We're going to have this conversation dealing with this concept of church hurt. Um, but I, again, I want to not only just identify what these things might look like, but I also want to, in reference to what church hurt looks like to, you know, uh, you know, as a broad sense, I guess you could say, but I also want to deal with what is the mental pieces that, that comes along with being hurt in the church. Um, so let's go ahead and we can dive in that, that dive into that question. What is generally speaking, how can people be hurt in the church? Wow. This um, is that's a that's a loaded question, but I think from a general standpoint, I think it's important to understand the role that church plays in a lot of people's lives. And um a lot of times people define the church and their spirituality as two synonymous things. Mm. And so it's important to understand the impact that hurt from the church can have on an individual when you look at it through the lens of this person can sometimes attach the institution of church with their belief system. And when they're unable to separate the two, the damage that can be done as a result of this institution um, can, can be devastating. It can be devastating and it can be deep. It is trauma. It mm. is, it is very much so trauma. So the church really plays a pivotal role and has a responsibility to really be cognizant of the impact that it can have on people. So when it comes to hurt and the impact that it can have on people, the church can play a huge role in 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 hurting someone deeply to their core. Now, is this something on the external side? Is this something that somebody can identify easily? In reference to just say, for example, me as a norm, just me walking into the church or knowing somebody that's in the church, can I identify someone that has been hurt by the church? Um, I would say yes and no. Okay. Yes, in that having conversations with people, you can identify that they have been hurt as a result of the church. But at the same time, everyone is different. Everyone carries their pain and their trauma differently. And, and because the church has a way of being able to integrate into the individual lives of people, people can go years without ever understanding or ever realizing even to themselves that this hurt was, was from church or from individuals at the church. 
Um, and so, yes, it is identifiable, but no, it is not generalized okay. in that type of hurt. Yeah. Okay. Now, let me ask this because you, you made a statement in reference to that's, that these two things call mingle in reference to the church and our spirituality. Those things call mingle. So, is for the person that's being hurt, mm-hmm. how how confusing, I guess I can use that word, is it to that person when they are now, when they have been hurt either by some form of offense or whatever, how confusing is that mentally for a person? Oh my gosh, it is. It's confusing and it's terrifying and it's, um, gosh, what was the, what is the word? It is, it's emotionally um, traumatizing because you have this spirituality that a lot of us shape our world around. We, mm-hmm. we build our character off of it. We, we grieve through it. We love through it. We, we, uh, we reach out and create relationships as a result of it. And so when this thing that is shaping your character and who you become, um, hurts you all, everything that is up under that, that subhead of, of mm-hmm. spirituality can begin to be hurt and to be, um, changed and altered. Mm, okay. How does our hurt in the church, how does that affect someone's growth in their relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, again, I, I'm going to be careful to make sure that I let people know that I, I'm not speaking in specifics because it, it is going to vary general. from person to person. For, so from a very general standpoint, but what it can do and what it has the potential to do is to skew the view of who God is, Hmm. because ultimately the church stands in representation, right? There is a ministry of representation. And when I refer to the church, it's important to make sure that I delineate that I'm not talking about the building of the church, but the group of individuals who make up a church body and in a church family. And so if we're supposed to be in representation of who Mm -hmm. God is and we're causing people harm and hurt, then people can begin to associate hurt and harm with God and choose to go a different way. And in every aspect of our lives, when we run into hurt and harm, our instinct is to stop doing that. You know, Mm -hmm. if you, when you are small and you do something and you get a whooping, the idea is that hurt, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. And so at times the church can stand in a place of discipline, but it becomes abuse. And then people choose no longer. I'm not doing that anymore. That's a mm. natural human instinctual response of that right. hurts. I don't want to do that anymore. And at times the I don't want to do that is not I don't want to deal with that type of people. It becomes I want to throw the whole baby out with the bathwater. I don't want to do God at all anymore. And we know how devastating that is to the lives of, of people who have, who choose to live without Christ. I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I want to, <laughs> this is, this is going to be, I, this is good for me already. And I, one of the reasons why I personally wanted to have this conversation um, is for me um, as well as yourself, but for me, I was raised in the church. Mm. Um, and so being raised in the church and for those that are listening or those that are watching and you don't know me at all, um, when I mean raised in the church, literally my earliest remembrance of, of, of life was in the church. Um, um, if I, if I can say correctly, I was born <laughs> December 27th and was in the church 
literally the next year. Um, in the same church, literally that I was in the next year, I have been all the way until this day. And, um, and so I've, again, I've been raised in the church. I have through my years of being raised in the church, you've been, you, you're taught certain fundamentals. You're taught certain basics. Um, just like any person that I know from any person that I've talked to, you learn how to do church. You know, you learn how to be able to function and flow and when to say this and when to do that. You you know the timing, uh, you know, and schedule of how things are going to flow. So, you know, all the nuances and all the things that you're supposed to do uh, to be able to flow in church. But then when you have a scenario um, in your life where you have now either in one way or another have been affected by the thing that you were raised in, it does something to you. It, it, it shifts something um, within you. And so what, what I wanted to do in this conversation was not just deal with, okay, how is, you know, is this person getting hurt by this? Is, you know, does, is this a higher level, you know, which I'm probably still going to ask in reference to is a, is being hurt by the pastor higher in an effect than being hurt by a congregational member, um, you know, because those are different per se different what we would consider as levels. Um, but those are different pieces. So, you know, it's not just that, but most importantly, because everybody has their personal story of how they've been hurt. But the reality of it is, is how can you get healed? Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can focus on all of those pieces, which we're going to dig more into. But I also want to make sure that through this conversation that we take the time to deal with how do you get healed? So if you're listening to this already in this conversation or you're watching this, do not leave because I know that this is a very touchy subject. Hang this in is there. a very touchy conversation. Um, and if you are still in the process of either being hurt or trying to get healed, this can be sometimes where people leave mm -hmm. and where people exit. And, and I'm speaking because this is, I've been a person for, for a very, you know, for, for some time. Um, and so it's now, it's, it's, it's a healing season. And so let's, let's dive into first again, this main, this main question, is there a difference in the effects from where if, if you are offended or hurt by your pastor versus if I'm just hurt by a member? Hmm. Well, I think that there can be a difference, but I okay. think that is dependent and contingent upon where you esteem that person. Gotcha. If you esteem that pastor as higher or in a greater position than the member next to you, then absolutely that that can be different. But then you have members who would not necessarily feel as connected to the pastor as they would the person sitting next to them. And if the hurt were to be um, initiated by the person next to them, that would hurt deeper. So it really just depends on who you esteem higher, who has the greater impact on you and also what your expectation of them is. And so a lot of people wind up being hurt or scandalized by their pastor because their expectation of them was mm -hmm. higher and then they failed to meet that expectation. There mm -hmm. is an inherent, uh, and I think this is more of a, of a global in society and cultural thing that the pastor somehow is 
expected to live at a higher standard of, of functioning, a higher standard of love, a higher standard of perfection. And mm-hmm. while as a pastor, you do operate at a certain standard, it is important to know that your pastor is still human. Your pastor is not perfect. Your pastor is not flawless. There is not an expectation for them to be those things. Right. We as congregations and as humans and as the world and society, we put that on them. You know, even in secular society, any time that you see one of these like church reality shows, the scandalous line, the thing that keeps those shows being played is is really that, oh, they're human. You know, they have sexual desires. They have, um, you know, personality flaws. They have character flaws. And that becomes so scandalous because the the assumption is that they don't have those things and that they have somehow acquiesced to this level of relationship with God to where they are no longer susceptible to the things that we just the regular humans, the regular Christians or the regular people are. And so if that is your expectation, you will be disappointed every single time. You will be scandalized every single time because all have sinned and come short and will continue to come short of the glory of God. So I, I let's I, let's speak more into that part, okay? Um, because I think we do do that. We do place the pastors in this beautiful pedestal of they are the golden whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they cannot do wrong um, because they are the ones that hold the book. They are the ones that are teaching us and giving us all of these instructions and the words of God and and all of those things. And and but then when you have a situation where that person that now has put that person in this high pedestal of esteem Mm -hmm. has now been offended or has now been hurt by them in some form of way. Now it's difficult to shift the roles. It's difficult to put you into a role of being just a regular human when all of this time I've placed you in this, you know, this hierarchy um, of where you, you know, where you, you're you're untouchable, mm-hmm. you know. And so how does a person even in that mind, like how do we transition from that? Even for a person now, they might not be in a situation where they've been hurt, which, mm-hmm. you know, is perfectly a great place to be in. Um but how do you get yourself without losing the respect of the office? How do you get to balance that? Yeah, that's a good question. But it, it really is a matter of perspective. Okay. It really is a matter of perspective and humility. And also doing your due diligence to understand the function of the church and the anointing of the pastor. Mm. Because what we have as reference, what we have as precedent is the Bible, right? That's where that's where we go to find the precedent for what do we do in this situation. Right. And if right. we think about our greats, the fathers of our faith, the, the great um, uh, uh, patriarchs of the faith that we have, none of them, <laughs> none of them. <laughs> ever operated at a standard that we in today's society think is is necessary you know david right beautiful man 
Yeah. I mean, come on. Like this was <laughs> the leader of Israel. He was the king that God put in place. You know, he he was somebody that came in and took over Saul's position because the people wanted a king and then that fell apart and Saul wasn't hitting the mark and then God anointed him from a boy and orchestrated his steps and had looked through time and made sure that the proper place things and places and people fell in the proper places to make sure that he would enter into this office and then when he got into this office the scandal was like straight up tyler perry own proportion you know right. it was he's sleeping with other people's wives he's killing folks you know he's he's doing all of these things but what's what's interesting and what's ironic is god didn't remove him from the office right right he dealt with him as a person, but he didn't remove him from the office. He didn't stop his lineage in which we know that eventually Jesus Christ would come through the lineage of King David. So it's important to understand that in today's society, what that means is that your calling is not contingent. Your calling, a pastor's calling is not contingent upon their ability to be perfect. Right. When someone is called to the office of a pastor, you know, the Bible says that I will, I will draw people to the church when it, and it talks about God. And he says that I will add to the church as such as should be saved, not the person. Yeah. And so what we look for is justice as, as people. We look for justice as what should be fair. You shouldn't be in that office because you did all of these things. But the truth is you didn't put that person in that office. Right. So you can't be the one to remove them. Right. Not an office that is divinely orchestrated, but a lot right. of times because we're hurt and we get this righteous indignation that it really is. And it does not negate or invalidate the fact that you were hurt, that you were owed an apology, that something needs to be done and addressed. It does not invalidate that. But when we put ourselves in a position as a judge, we continue to exacerbate that hurt because we're not seeing the justice that we think we deserve. Right. And so one of the ways that you can manage that pain is to understand that that person is human. That pastor is human. And so, yes, they may inflict pain upon you. They may hurt you. They may do all of these things, but you do not stand in a position where you can take that office from them. Right. When you do that, you have now elevated yourself. And when you do that, you risk the Lord bring, being the one to bring you down. <laughs> um, and so it really is just a matter of perspective. Well, so then let me add, because we're changing our perspective of how we see the one that offends us. We're mm -hmm. changing the one that changing our perspective of how we see the person that has now done whatever has offended us. Um, but like you said, sometimes when we're looking for the justice from the person, like I, I want you to suffer just like I, I want you to feel how I've been feeling, like, you know, type aspect or be dealt with in some form of way. Um, but then how do we deal with this other piece where then because it's a wrestle within our own selves, mm -hmm. then we start being mad at the person that put you in position. Like <laughs> now I'm mad at God because he put you there. And he's not fixing this. Yeah. You know, so it's like, how now do I deal with this aspect? Yeah. I think for me, um, when, when we talk about perspective, when we talk about self-awareness, 
um, which is huge for me as a mental health professional. I am obsessed with self-awareness and bringing self-awareness to people's forefront because when you can locate yourself, it helps. It helps mm-hmm. everybody. But when you come into that situation where now you are beginning to be angry because you feel like justice was not given, it really is a commentary on your faith, on how mm. big you think your God is. My Bible tells me that he's concerned with those things that concerneth me. Yeah. However, if I, in prayer, right, the, a scripture, I'm going somewhere with this, but a scripture that I have been meditating on so mm-hmm. much is, is, is it's in Proverbs and it talks, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And we've all been singing that song since we were like four. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, one day the Lord was, was ministering to me while I was in devotion. And I kind of like sped through it. Like I read through it, like, okay, I already know this one. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And he was like, slow down and read it again. And, and I, I got stuck on in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And I said, okay, Lord, I acknowledge you in all of my ways. And he said, no, you acknowledge me in ways, but you don't acknowledge me in all of my ways, Mm. in all of your ways. And so for me, it was like the big things, oh, I trust God. I want to buy a house. That's you, Lord, because I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to do these things. That's you. You got that all day, right? I have the faith to believe. But I noticed that the little things, oh, I got that. I don't even pray for those things, right? I don't I don't pray for the little things, the day-to-day things. And the Lord was like, I want that too. I want all mm. of your ways. Yeah. And so the way that my prayer life has changed is every morning when I get up to do my devotion and I pray, I go through all the ways that I have planned with the Lord. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Lord, I really want to get up to go to work today. I want to work on these following things. I want to make this phone call. These are I'm just acknowledging mm-hmm. that these are my ways. Right. And the word says that he will direct your path. And I have seen a paradigm shift in my life since doing that, because then he begins to operate in the little and the intricate things. Mm-hmm. And so the more that I bring him into my ways, when I say, Lord, I'm really upset with this coworker and I plan on going off today. Usually I walk into the work and something shifts, something shifts because now mm-hmm. I have let him in and he can direct my path. The reason that I bring that up is because God has become bigger to me when I brought him in on the things that were smaller to me. Mm. And because of that, I trust God that because you are so big, because you see so much, because you love me so deeply, I trust you to handle that situation. I don't need to. Mm. But what we'll see is that when people actually don't trust God to take care of it, that's when they feel like they need to implement justice. That's when they can't sleep at night and they can't get it off their chest and they can't go to church and they can't receive the worship because you don't trust God to rectify that situation yeah. or you don't trust him to rectify it the way you think it should be rectified. <laughs> right. Right. Because right. we want to rain down hellfire and brimstone and we want the person to be aware that you were wrong. And I want you right. to come back and apologize to me. That's pride. Yeah. 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 No, that's truthful. I, 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 uh, with my scenario, just in, and we're just going to go out, go ahead and jump out here. Um, with my scenario, my, my struggle was Lord, you said, Mm. you'll never leave me. Mm -hmm. You'll never forsake me. You said you were going to protect me. 
why would you allow this to happen? Mm. And so for me, what it put me in was a position where, okay, if you ain't going to protect me, I'm going to protect me. Mm-hmm. Now, like you're saying, it's my trust in God's ability to be able to take care of me. Now, re- reality coming on from the other side of it now, the reality is he's been protecting me the whole time. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's also protecting me from my own craziness and, you know, in my own peace. But in all of that, it was my 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 stance Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't happening, like you said, it wasn't happening the way I was wanting it to happen. I want you, the same God that's been talking all this time, I need you to come down now and I need you to show yourself. I need yes. you to put your hand in this. I need you to stir. <laughs> I need you to flip. You know, I need you to make some moves. Right. So, like you said, so they can know that they hurt me. They can yeah. know that this was wrong. Um but in the, all of that, again, it was it was this piece for me where it was like, okay, now you got to locate. This is how you saw God. Yeah. This is where your faith was. This is where your trust factor in God was. And so, coming now into, you know, from being in a in a place in a position where it was like, okay, now I got to defend me, um, instead of allowing God to do His God to do what He does. Now it's let's heal from this. Now, what I will say, and we're, we're going to shift this, but what I will say is one of the things that I realized with me in this was that I then started to see God differently. Mm-hmm. The way that I saw or even approached God before this was different now. Mm. Um, my relationship with him has shifted um, and it's not in a negative. I think it's a I personally believe it's a positive, but it has shifted. And in the process of still healing, because I'm not, I, I'm not gonna lie on here and say like I'm fully healed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that even about even Jesus says, and and they were healed as they went. So I'm yeah. going somewhere, and as I'm going, <laughs> hey, I'm getting real. healed. Um, yeah. you know, but it's the process. So mm-hmm. what I want to do is now is help somebody. This person, whoever this is that's listening, whoever this conversation needed to be for, that you've been in your, I would say, because I, I was in this, you was in, you're in your funk too long. Um, you're in the place in a position where I would say the enemy wants you to be in isolation, um, wants you to be where you're only in your head, where, where it's difficult to come to the place where the abuse happened. And try to then still hear from God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 those things. I understand it's difficult, but now I believe the reason why they are listening and the people that are watching and listening to this are are is because it's time for them to get their healing. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is I want you to help us all, <laughs> me included, mm-hmm. um, help us all to get what steps, no matter where where our hurts are. Um, but what steps do we need to start taking mentally, physically, whatever that might be to get to the place where we can start being healed? Sure. Oh, boy. Well, first, let me say that in, in the light of transparency, I mean, I have dealt with I'm I'm not speaking on something I don't know right. from a personal standpoint. You know, I have experienced a, a deep and very traumatic 
um, uh, church hurt and, and it's been years of healing and, and processing and allowing God and trusting God and retrusting God and he healing and then realizing that wound is still open and <laughs> it's, it's been a long process. And so I definitely right. speak from personal experience as well as within my profession. And I, and I think some of the steps come from a very general place. Anytime that you have been emotionally hurt, mm -hmm. it is important to locate yourself. And a lot of times, especially in the church, we don't, we struggle to say those words. I've been mm. hurt out loud. And there is power in releasing those words because what we do is we hold all of that in our bodies. Yeah. And from a mental health standpoint, strictly physical, your body is always going to respond to your emotions that, that we're all together our mind our, our will our emotions our spirit all of those things are they're operating as one right that we are mm. we are a triune being but yeah when when we feel those types of that type of pain whether we admit it whether it is subconscious or conscious our bodies hold that mm -hmm. and so from a very physical standpoint i'm going to challenge anybody watching to really think about um something or something emotional that may be hurting you um, that you have not released out of your mouth. And then I want you to think about how your body carries it. And mm -hmm. some things that you might notice is that people who tend to not release their emotions, those of us who are very tempered, I like to think of myself as that person who is very tempered, who doesn't really blow up, who doesn't have emotional outburst, my body, usually is in some type of pain daily. It could be mm. muscular. It could be my stomach is upset. My face could break out because when you hold that in your body, your body will find a way to release it. Now, if you choose not to release it verbally, your body will find a way to re release it. It's going to get out of you. You're going to have stomach aches. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have mm. all of these unexplained pains and cricks and things. And you start to think that that's normal, but the truth is you need to get it out of of your body. Hmm. And we see that in the Bible many times when it talks about releasing a praise, it always came by way of a release, a yell, yeah. a scream, a worship, playing an instrument, because you have to get it out of your body. And so the first step is find a safe space to get it out of your body. The words, you may have to write it. You may have to sing it. You may have to yell it or scream it but get it out of your body. That is why I am an advocate for mental health therapy, because it is a safe space to get these things out of your body. And that's not just with church hurt. That's with any hurt. A lot of people that we see holding emotion is with their husbands and their wives because they don't want to inflict pain upon the wife. So they don't say the thing that they really need to say. So they hold it in their body and then they start mm. to struggle with a bunch of somatic symptoms. And then all of a sudden, boom, we blew up. Wow. And so a way that you can take care of yourself is to find a safe space for you to get some of that out of you, get it out of your body. Um, so that would be my first step. Gee, okay. So God, that's good. Um, and, and again, I promise y'all, I'm, I'm not just bringing this for y'all. I'm getting the help that I need as well <laughs> um, <laughs> through this. Um, I know one of the things uh, my best friend, I, as you know, I, I do have someone I could talk with. So my best friend, um, Ian, uh, me and him was talking about this scenario. One of the things he said for me is same thing is 
stop saying you don't care. Mm. Yeah. Um, because when you're saying I don't care, what you're really saying is I'm hurt. Help me. Yeah. So he changed my conversation and he said, instead of saying, I don't care, say, I'm hurt. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. So the same way that Tasha is helping all of us in this um, is you do have to get it out. Uh, for me, I am, I don't know what you would call me. Um, I'm a person, I hold it in. I, I, I have taught myself over the years of my beautiful life. Um, I have taught myself how to bottle everything in. Um, you know, whatever the frustration is, whatever the pain is, I've, I've learned and taught myself how to bottle that in and still try to function mm-hmm. um, without having to express it. Um, and because with me, it's been the aspect of I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to lose people. I don't want to, you know, I still want to either be that context of being ex- still wanting to be ex- accepted, you know, all the different, whatever the different struggle for me is, these are different struggles for me. I always wanted to be loved. I was, a, I was, I was raised as a single child. So I, I, I love having people and family and all of those things. So I would hold it in. Um, and I know with this specific scenario, with this context of dealing with church hurt, mine was I can't express how I'm feeling to the people that hurt me because I love them too much. Mm. Um, I, I think about, and then I'm, I need you to, I'm doing this also so you can prepare for the next step we need to take. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about uh, the storyline and in through my struggle, this is one of the storylines that helped me to realize where I was, as you said, locate where I was. I thought about, um, David, mm-hmm. you have David basically majority of the time being chased <laughs> and trying to be killed by King Saul. Uh, he's anointed to do something, but he's, he's always running away from Saul in some form of sense, because Saul is always trying to kill him in one form of another. And in the midst of me going through this, I'm hurting. Y'all, y'all, you hitting me. You throwing yeah. daggers. You're doing all. And so it for me, it was, I have to realize at the end of it all, my perp, what is, why am I really hurt? I'm really hurt because it's not just what happened. It's not just what was said. It was like what you're saying in the entry. It's Oh, okay. It's my perspective. Mm-hmm. My perspective and of it's who funny, is even in that example that uh, David had to act like who he knew he was called to be, even though the people around him or Saul wasn't acting like that. Yeah. And so really it becomes for us as individuals, what is your purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Because David wasn't called to Saul as a son just to have a father yeah david was called to saul as a son to be the example of sonship of seeing god yeah and so it wasn't saul was forced and as as a result of saul being forced we generations and generations down the line were forced to see god were forced to see the hand of god and so had david not been persecuted that way it would have been difficult 
for people to see God. And so the admonition that I have for people who have been hurt is if your purpose is to allow people to see God, is you going off on that person going to do that? Yeah. Is you getting the revenge you feel like you deserve? Are they going to see God or are they going to see you? Right. Or right. are they going to see that person? Yeah. So it, yep. it, again, the perspective piece will always come in. But what's hard about that is when you are in your emotions, it's much easier said than it is done. And that is why getting those things out of your body is important. And what I love about David is we have the Psalms, yeah. the Psalms that were written as he was going through this situation. That was him getting it out of his body yep. so that when he did run up on Saul, it wasn't so explosive to where, oops, I killed him. I didn't mean to. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Well, he's being impulsive because he's been able to temper himself by praying by changing his perspective, he got all of that pent up tension. He was working on getting it out of his body. That's mental health. If Psalms ain't mental health, I don't know what is. <laughs> so what I would tell anybody that is listening, two main things. One, you do need to get it out, but get it out to the right people. Exactly. Get it out to the right people. Get it out the right way. Mm -hmm. I think if David was not getting it out the right way, and he heard the same words from the crowd that was around him, he would have did something that would have affected his whole life. And ours. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And ours, you know? And and so I would even say, and I know some you know, people are like, okay, man, you ain't got deep in spiritual, but I'm being very truthfully honest. I yeah. had to, we have to re realize that even with me, I couldn't talk to just anybody about this conversation. When I was going, when I'm going through, I can't just, I can't, this has affected, people need to have a clear, this has affected me in multiple layers of my life. And so because it's affected me in so many areas, finding the way to verbalize, surely as men, finding the way to verbalize how you are feeling, verbalize how this really hurts you verbalize even if it sounds crazy even if it sounds like you like like how did you get to how'd you get that point or what it, it doesn't matter you verbalizing it to the right person and what i mean by the right person yes it might be like you like you said Todd, it might be writing it down mm -hmm. um but if you feel like i can't write it down because that was one of your struggles for me write it down and say how who is this person and how did they hurt you when you think about who hurt you, write their name down and what did they do to you that you feel like it hurt. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just the aspect of getting it out of your system. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I'm just being just, you know, we only I could that that wasn't my way of getting it out. <laughs> so I had to then I had to find someone I could verbalize it to. And in me verbalizing it to this person. They had to be in a posture. They can just hear me. I, 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 I'm not asking for you to respond more than I'm just asking for you to listen. This is how I feel. This is this is what's hurting me. So prayerfully, you can find a safe place to be able to do it. And if you can't, we're going to give you some information before this thing is over so that you can get the person that will that you can trust your heart enough with that you can be able to start the process of healing because you have to get it out. If you don't, it will become this, 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 this spiraling ball. 
So you can try to go through life without expressing this and you will still be miserable. Mm-hmm. You will still, you might be, you might try to, the six, you might try to work as hard as you possibly can to try to get away from it, mm-hmm. but you'll still be miserable. I am, I push you. I, I, I employ you. I'm begging you, please do this first process of just getting it out. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. Get it out for sure. And, and we'll, I'll have, we'll list some resources for you all to get it out. That can be a safe space and specifically dealing with church heart. It can be very helpful to you to go to an outside source. There are Christian counselors, but there are also non-Christian counselors. And as a counselor, it is not our job. As a therapist, it is not our job to give you advice. That is not what we do. That is a common misconception that it is our job to give you advice. That is against our license for us to give you advice. What we do is we allow you to process. We may pose different questions so that you come to a conclusion. Um, and, And so keep that in mind and and make sure that you think about that as you go through these resources. But one thing that helped me in dealing with my church hurt was talking to a therapist outside of, of my faith because it kept things very factual for me. What are you feeling? Let's talk about how this looks in your body. Um, Mm. But I'm very strong (laughs) in my, in my faith and in my spirituality. So just know how to locate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because there, there are other times when I need a Christian counselor. I need somebody who can go to the word and show me why, when, where, how. Right. So um, it's yeah. important to locate yourself. But the other piece that I wanted to deal with before we, and we always run out of time. I don't know why we ever think we can do this. <laughs> but um, is in terms of attending church, because a lot of people's first defense mechanism is I'm not going anymore ever. And if that is your resolve, if that is the go, the come away that you leave that trauma with, then your reasoning for going to church was wrong. Mm. I hate to be the bearer of bad news <laughs> because we <laughs> want it to be the other people. Right. But church is not for what you can get out of it. Church is for what you bring to it. It is a meeting place for us to align our mind, our will and emotions with the will of God. It is to go and get an infusion of the word of God so that we can get instructions that do not serve to supplement our own devotion that you are responsible for. I like to use this analogy um, and Hiram, you can rock with this because you have these little beautiful boys that just (laughs) idolize you that you love so much. Right. If your sons had let's go with rocky because he's just all the personality right if he had a recital of some sort a performance of some sort that Mm -hmm. he said dad will you please come to this and you said of course son that's what i'm here for i'm gonna come and support you but you had an altercation with his teacher Mm. and so you already knew like i'm upset with the teacher that teacher caused me harm i'm I'm upset i don't want to deal with that teacher would you allow that thing to stop you from going to support your son wow at some point your love for your son outweighs whatever's going on from anybody else because Mm. i'm there to support him i'm there so that he knows that i love him i'm there so that he knows that there's nothing he can do to make me stop loving him because that's my son that should be our 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 heart towards god i show up on sundays because i love god I show up in mm. service and I serve regardless of who who's hurt me, who didn't show up for me, who preached what, because I trust that God is big enough to deliver the word through a donkey. So even if it's the pastor who has hurt me, I have to trust that God is bigger than even the pastor. So he's going to use these lips 
to give me a word for me because he loves me that much. So when I go to church, my posture is that, Lord, when I walk into this church and to me, that's an even bigger display of my love for him. You know, I can't stand these people. Right. But here I am with my hands lifted and my heart raised because I'm coming here for an audience of one. So if your heart right now is that I'm done with church, then you didn't go to church to see God anyway. Yeah. So let that be something that you mm. that you work with. And and also mm. understand that when you find yourself in these situations and you realize like, oh man, I was wrong. You're human, you're supposed to be wrong. It's a growing right. process. But God thought so much of you that he put these two people who have gone through a bunch of church hurt to be in a place for such a time as this to deliver this word for you so it's not too late. Yeah. All you have to do is acknowledge this is where I am and then make a midterm correction. And what the devil will try to do is get you to feel so bad that you felt that way, that you don't feel worthy enough to go back into the church. Sometimes we are the initiator of the church hurt and we feel so bad that we don't feel like we can hold our heads up in the church or we've fallen so hard and we've thought these things that's not what church is for. If you go to see God, there's nothing too big, too small, too difficult, too emotional for him to fix. And so it is a matter of perspective. How big do you see God and do you, what, what is your purpose for going to church? Yeah. Yeah. See, we're not going to finish this. This is, this is too much. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this for whatever reason, for the person that is listening and saying to yourself, I hear what she's saying. I need to go back to church. I need to go to church. I need to have the right perspective of why I'm actually going to church. But do I need to go back to that church? Mm. To that person, I would say this. I don't know. And the only reason not why I'm saying that is because do you leave your spouse because you had an argument? You don't. You resolve whatever the resolve needs to be. The reality is none of us can be able to say, truthfully stating, no one can say, mm, you might want to leave that church because you hurt, because they did, because this happened, blah, blah, blah. I, no one outside externally can say that that's what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But the only person that can give you that clearance is God of what you need to do next. Now, when I say God, I'm not saying your emotions. Mm -hmm. Let me fix that. I'm not saying your emotional state of how you feel at this present time, because your emotions can say or speak as if it's God and tell you to do something that you're not supposed to do. Thanks. So what I would say in this point is as Tasha, as you just stated, refocus yourself to remember or get back to this is why I come to church. Mm -hmm. It's not per se the place. It's not the specific building, nor is it the specific preacher. This is why I come to church mm -hmm. and I'm going to come to church. I think about Jesus. Jesus was getting talked about, dogged out on a daily, but he was still going to the temple. Mm -hmm. Even people, you know, we always sinners, people that don't know God, people that do know God, they know this one. Well, Jesus flipped over some tables, but that was at the <laughs> temple, though. He yeah. had to come to church to be able to see it. Yeah. I you you seem like even though he he came and he saw what he saw and he got frustrated, he still was coming to church. Mm -hmm. 
So I need us to, to be able to get to that point. And if you are like I was, I was in a point where I was coming to the building, but I wasn't present. What helped me is to remember, even while I'm there, why am I actually here? And I think sometimes we get we we have to get back to this place of remembering that we're not coming to the church building for church. Mm-hmm. We're coming to the church building for God. Mm-hmm. And this is just the appointment God set for us to come. Exactly. Is is we 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 we've been so sometimes we can be so church that we forget yeah. that this is actually the place where God wants us to meet. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I pray that so far that this conversation has been a help to somebody. Um, I know it has because it, it wouldn't be on my heart to have this conversation um, to help someone in some form of way if it wasn't. So I would recommend because we are we are as always out of time. But what I would recommend if you are a person that is dealing with this problem, dealing with church hurt, and you feel like you don't have someone that you can trust and commute to to do the first step of communicating and having someone to help walk you through this process. Please reach out so that someone can be able to help you go through this process. You do not have to do this this part this this alone. You do not have to walk this through by yourself. I've been blessed that I've that I got people that I can call that can that can that can speak some beautiful words and help me to get myself <laughs> together. Um, you know, but everybody doesn't have that. And so if you are one of those people that need some extra help, some assistance, some someone to talk into or walk you through your process, please make sure that you reach out. Uh, Tasha, is there sp- somebody specific or a place that they can go specifically um, that we can be able to recommend them before we transition? Absolutely. Whatever community that you're in, if you... Um if you need assistance, then you can reach out to anybody that works under the star grant. If you have children, um, you can Google that. They'll, they'll show you different places. Um, if you have children and you need free, um, therapy, there are places for that, but, um, go to psychologytoday.com and click on the link that says, find a therapist. You can literally shop for a therapist like you shop for clothes. You can put in gender, you can put in ethnicity, you can put in orientation, you can put in uh, uh, um, Christian or or not, whatever your thing is, you can shop for a therapist. And whatever your financial status, there's the therapist for you. It is a part of our license to make sure that we are offering services that are at low to no cost at some point in our careers. So there really is no excuse for you not to have a therapist. If you prefer a male, if you prefer a black male, if you prefer a white woman, whatever your preference is, if you don't know, just shoot in the dark. And when and when you start a relationship with a therapist, it is very much so like starting a relationship with anybody else. You just need to see if it's a good fit. There yeah. are there are sessions that I have and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be a good fit because of the type of therapist that I am. And so understand that you may not find them on your first shot. But again, you're looking for a safe space. And if you give up after the first try, how bad did you want it? A lot of people say, I want to be free and I, and I want to, I want to do these things, but then they don't want to work for it. And your mental health is the same way. You have to be intentional the same way that you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a prescription. Now it is up to you to make sure that you abide by that prescription It is the same with mental health. So, um, I would recommend the easiest place that I could send you right now as we slowly run out of time is psychologytoday.com. Find a therapist. 
Right. And we will have that information also on in the description so that you can be able to get that help that is needed surely as we walk through this process of being healed from church hurt. Now, before we go, I do have to ask this question. Um, I already told you that I was going to ask you this. So we do have to ask this question um, because I do this with everyone that I bring on. What is greatness to you? What do you define greatness as? I thought about this question a lot and I came up with to greatness to me. What is greatness to me? Greatness to me is the revelation that without God, I cannot be great, but with him, I have no other choice. And when I have that revelation and when I understand that the only way that I can be great is to carry him with me, is to acknowledge him in all of my ways, then I trust that greatness goes before me. And then I'm not, I, it's not, I don't feel the pressure of needing to be great in and of myself because he's got that covered. And, but it's only, it, Bishop would have said, it, it's a revelation of a difference, you know? Um, and, and for me, that's when I think of greatness, everything that I've ever done that has been great, I've only done it hiding behind the cross. And so that, that's yes, me. That's man. That's greatness to you. <laughs> and I love it. So thank you all for watching this uh, and have a wonderful and a great night. Remember, we are here every first and third Monday at 630 p.m. Central Standard Time. And thank you all for being a part of the Focus on Greatness family. Love you all. Bye bye.